think it's going well, but the green point desk is picking up my house. Yo, what's up? I want to see if you got a couple movies up in that shit, all right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See if well, you got that. Video, DVD. On video. See what y'all got up in that bitch. <laughs> Check this shit out. Number one, Dangerous Liaisons. I'm going to be getting my green clothes on tonight. Nope, don't have that. Wrong nigga to fuck with. Uh-huh. Couple more. Terms of endearment. No terms of endearment for you. Wrong nigga to fuck with. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see if you got this last motherfucker. Cocoon 2, The Return. It's got Wilfred motherfucking Brimley. No. <laughs> Cocoon 2. Mm. Don't deny me Brimley. Step off my Brimley. What you drinking? What you mean, what am I drinking? <laughs> I want to get it on with Brimley tonight. So. Wrong nigga to fuck with. Jeff Jensen, half of Earls and Jensen, who will be releasing Just Far a Laugh, Volumes 1 and 2, a collection of your prank call work. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Hey, no problem, man. Cool. Your nachos are done, Ted. Um, I'm making some nachos for my friend over here. Well, that's very generous of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a Laugh, Volumes 1 and 2 will be coming out on May 6th. And it is, like, that's the firm date now, isn't it, May 6th? Yeah, that's right. Cool. It got pushed back a couple times, but that's the day it's coming out. Very good. And um, if you're not too embarrassed to talk about it, I'd like to uh, get a little bit of background on you and what your ties are to Kansas. Um, uh, I ran for governor of Kansas uh, in 1984. Um, sort of doing like a Jello Biafra type thing when he ran for mayor of uh San Francisco, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, and the Kind of a joke, candidacy. I was only 12 um, at the time. And that created a, you know, I got, um, I really tried to uh, activate a lot of these skins at the outhouse to get behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of backfired, uh, honestly. I was uh, hospitalized for about a year and a half in um, St. Luke's in Kansas City. Then uh, I was sent to military school, St. John's in Salina, shortly thereafter. Discipline. And, it's uh, needed in every young man's life. And then moved back to, uh, to uh, Overland Park and finished out high school at Shine Mission South. Wow. And, yeah, I used to go to a lot of, uh, see a lot of uh, uh, hardcore shows at the Outhouse in Lawrence, Kansas. So your ties are fairly deep in, in the, the area. Um, yeah. Potato Mountain. Did you ever actually eat at that restaurant, or were you just befuddled by its very existence? Um, uh, no, I didn't have the pleasure of eating it, although um, I hear Mount Fuji was a, a true delicacy. That was one of the dishes that had mashed potatoes and like uh, some kind of like low mein uh, Splattered on top. It was it was a so, concept I think ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, that that um, no Jeremy Seidner, who uh, uh, you may or may not know from uh, some of his work in uh, Clown Clown and Butt Cheese. Those are a couple of his uh, lesser known musical projects. <laughs> um, those are real bands, actually. I'm not even lying about that. <laughs> yeah, he turned me on. Uh, he was kind of like ahead of his time in terms of, you know, there's so many food blogs these days. Uh, Jeremy is a, a real uh, diamond in the rough there in Lawrence in, in terms of being a discriminating gourmand uh, 
he told me about that restaurant, and uh, so it had closed when I was in Lawrence, and we, uh, I don't know, that inspired that call, the existence of Potato Mountain, but uh, how about you? Did you go there? Did you ever eat there? You know, I did, and I had their sort of, I think it was called the Sicilian, and it was, as is the base for all of their dishes, a, a wad of mashed potatoes with some pepperoni and marinara and cheese on top of it. But did they did they really attempt to shape the wad like a mountain? It was I, it was more of a bowl. I wouldn't call it a mountain. Oh, okay. Because see, then maybe maybe Jeremy like uh, kind of embellished the uh, presentation of the dishes because I I was under the impression that each uh, dish was named after a particular mountain. Oh, I mean, uh, it, it's been so long since I've been there, and it's been closed for. Uh, more than a decade now, I think, or close to yeah. a decade, uh, that I honestly don't remember. But I do remember that they, they actually did, I believe, have a fake uh, sort of like paper mache mountain in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it was like a diorama of crystals and uh, like a, a dream catcher or something. Yeah. Wasn't that also part of it? Wasn't there like a, a sort of a head shop? Right next door to it, yeah. It was like a a crystals, like holistic healing sort of uh, palmistry shop next to it with like forge in the title. I can't even remember something to do with Hephaestus, maybe. But it was it was a great shopping complex, yeah. I don't know. I love Lawrence. It's always it's it's always uh, I've always thought that there's a you know a gold mine in terms of uh, non-existent restaurants there. You know that that someone could really come in there and. Stir up, stir things up a little bit with some uh, new flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Considering there's so many uh, young kids with uh, you know, open minds and empty stomachs, <laughs> but <laughs> I well, don't know. I haven't been back in a while, so maybe there's a lot of new restaurants. Well, actually, there is one place that, uh, while not quite as, shall we say, conceptual as Potato Mountain, uh, there's a place called Joe Schmo's that just opened up downtown. And their their manifesto is beer, burgers, and bocce. It's a bocce ball court that serves hamburgers. Yeah. Um. That sounds that sounds pretty good. Coyote ugly. Hello, is this Coyote ugly here? This is Coyote Ugly. Coyote Ugly, you guys are open tonight, right? Yeah. This is Morris Day of the time, and I am going to come on down there, and I am going to dance across your bar. Now, I don't need no Purple Rain, and I don't need Prince. I'm with my good friend Michael Bolton, and we're going to come down and have some drinks and party like it's 1999. Uh, now, you're open for business, ain't you? Yeah. Y'all ready to party? What? Y'all ready to party? Yeah. I'm ready. I have about 10 people with me, and you'll see me right at the beginning. I got a cape, and I don't need Andre tonight because I'm letting him have his rest duty with his mirror. What's your name, honey? Laura. Laura, I'm going to kiss your ass when I come to the bar. Baby, I love you. All right. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so I, um, well, I started going to Lawrence much earlier than that because I grew up in Overland Park, and my father was an alumni of the university and would dragged me on Saturday to go see the Kansas Jayhawks football team lose um, uh, every weekend. And so those are my first uh, my first uh, memories of Lawrence. Oh, but, uh, unfortunately, the football team's actually good now, so it's kind of stolying your memories of them losing every no, week. No, yeah, I know, I know. Um, 
I would think that would be another uh, reason that uh, new restaurants would be in demand, just given the girth of the football coach himself. Seems like that would demand, like, I don't know, <laughs> thousands of pounds of, of um, meat. Yeah, he has his own buffet, I think. It's in his contract. <laughs> yeah, he's, I'm sure that's, a, that's probably going to be his legacy, is like a ticket type, uh, you know, like a steakhouse meets uh, maybe like a Pooch's cafeteria <laughs> Hybrid, like most former sports icons, open up a dealership. Mangino's just going to open up an all-you-can-eat ribs and chicken fingers restaurant. Yeah, I I, I mean, who knows what's really going to happen? But uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be too crazy. Arby's in Cordova. Yeah, this is Arby's. Yeah, this is Arby's. All right, I'd like to make a reservation tonight. A table for one. All right. Can you do that for me? I can do that for you. All right, last name's Jenkins. All right. Do you think maybe somebody can uh, take a 15-minute break around that time and come sit with me? <laughs> what's the fu- What's the funny? <laughs> I don't... What's up, dude? What do you mean? I know your voice, dog. You know you can't my... play games with me, man. <laughs> you got me, man. Yeah, I heard that, that uh, in the voice. That... Yeah, dude, what's going on, man? <laughs> Same old, man. Yeah. Dude, is it busy up there? Not at the moment. Really? Hey, what if I came up there and we uh, went out back and burned one? You want to burn oh, one? Oh, no, 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 man. I'm going to go home crash, dog. Man, I can't help you crash, man. I came up there and fired one up, dude. Uh, should have asked me a week ago. I'm trying to... Trying to what, dude? Your old lady got a ball and chain on your ass or some shit? Yeah, something like that. Dude, you got break free, dog. Come on, man. I'm going to come up there and we'll, I'll bring a big old fat ass hog leg up there and we'll fire it up. Come on. Uh, I'm cool, dog. All right, man. You're lost, dude. You're lost. You're lost. All right, dude. All right, bye. Getting back to your, your career um, with Earls and Jensen and Just Far A Laugh, Volumes 1 and 2. Um, talk a little bit about how you and Andrew Earls hooked up. I mean, as a comedy duo, not like getting bombed on Boone's Farm and making out in the backseat or anything. But um, when did you team up with him, and how did prank calls become your artistic media of choice? Uh, well, I was in a band called The Special Moments. Um, I don't even know, considering I, uh, I, uh, I recorded under a pseudonym. I'm sort of like revealing some uh, secret details, but I was uh, I was uh, a character named Reg Lumley in a uh, little-known outfit uh, called Special Moments that were uh, uh, allegedly based out of uh, North London, Stoke Newington, and we released a four-song, one-sided EP in 1997 called Songs of Whimsy. <laughs> Which is a, a favorite among uh, like twelve or thirteen people out there that may or may not still be alive. <laughs> One of which is Cliff Skurlock of the. Uh, well, I don't know if he's officially a member of the Flaming Lips, but uh, yes, he was a he was a big fan. Yeah. Um, and so that record found its way to Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and they're a little indie rock record store called Shangri-La Records, which was then popular because of indie rock outfits like the Grifters, and I don't remember who else was on that label. 
uh, in the the indie rock uh, uh, tidal wave of the mid to late '90s, and um, so Andy had that record and thought it was funny. And when I came to town once just to visit a, a mutual friend, I met Andy, and he gave me um, like a few uh, cassette tapes of his prank phone calls, as well as his uh, really hilarious uh, zine. You remember those? Yeah. Hey, remember zines? <laughs> um, and uh, that was called Summer on Weekend, which was really funny. And um, anyhow, I listened to his prank phone calls, and, and I thought they were really funny. So we actually started communicating via uh, United States Postal Service, also something people may remember. <laughs> uh, and uh, so then one if I'm remembering correctly, on a, on a future visit to Memphis, I stayed with Andy, and um, we decided to make a few prank phone calls together because I'd always sort of uh, fucked around doing that myself, and um, so it, it uh, just happened pretty naturally. And then we recorded, uh, I don't know, uh, a handful of them and decided that we should release something ourselves and then um that kind of was the genesis of what became just far alas the first you know collection of prank phone calls that we put out on his little micro label failed pilot um sometime around 2001 i think Mm -hmm. quite some time and that comprises disc one of this current collection that matador records is uh inexplicably releasing how how we how we convinced them or how they uh decided to put this out is still uh baffling to me but apparently someone over there thinks uh they have a real money maker on their hands um which uh is yet to be determined right, <laughs> right. we'll see you know <laughs> either way take the I label mean, I'm not for being a ride self-deprecating just to seem cool i just really uh I really have a hard time believing that we're going to um, ignite the public's uh, you know, imagination and with this uh, really... Game Masters? Yes, hello, fellow barbarian. This is Zontar, the chaotic good elf. Well, hello. Hello, how are the games this evening? Fine. Do you know why I'm calling? No, I don't. Perhaps if I speak in my native tongue, it will be easier for you to interpret. Okay. It's a little, uh, the thing that Andy and I, uh, that sort of uh, distinguishes us from the pack of other prank phone callers out there is that this release uh, comes with a pretty impenetrable, like, 60-page booklet of liner notes uh, where we uh, just sort of pontificate and lie about the origins of the phone calls and these <laughs> long-winded notes that go on and on and on. But I don't even think, uh, I don't even think a man trapped in prison would have the patience for. But uh, we'll see. You know? <laughs> I don't know if you'll see. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get a copy. Yep. Yeah, and uh, uh, apparently Devendra Banhart is involved with the booklet as well. Uh, yes, 
Yeah, he is. He contributed a, a drawing for one of the calls on the first one. Which just speaks to the reach of just far a laugh. It, it's tentacles reaching into various uh, creative circles. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but, um, you know, I think it was Robert Christgau that says, like, if it weren't for us, then the freak folk movement would have never happened. Uh, those are his words, but uh, <laughs> I think he's probably accurate. My name is Paul Burton. I am the Paul. I am the personal assistant of a performer that played on Beale Street two nights this past weekend. Yeah. This particular performer would like to come take the tour and get some food. Are, are you somewhere close? I just want to ask you some questions. We know how to get there. Yeah, I mean, but the last one's at 5.30. But the last tour is yeah, at 5.30. Do you, think you, could do, do you think you could do a special 6 o'clock tour for Christopher? Do you think you could do an extra tour for a, no, for a celebrity? Not even for a, a man who has had three Grammy award-winning well, songs. The studio's book. Somebody's paying time to record at 6 o'clock. See, we do our recording. Who is it? I'm not at liberty to talk about it. Are you familiar with who Christopher Cross is? Yeah. This is a man who's had three Grammy award-winning songs, Arthur's Theme, Sailing, and Ride Like the Wind. Well, I know what he's done. Okay. Who would like to be given the tour? What is The last tour is at... 5.30 to 6. 5.30 to 6? Yeah. Can you make it an hour instead of 30 minutes? I, I, I'll let you talk to the engineer, James, and see what, what he says. What the hell? Hold on. I mean, I get these names... Hold on. What the hell? Hold on. Give me the fucking phone. What's the problem? Well, we closed at 6 is part of the problem. This is how you treated Bono and the Edge? Yeah, they, they were actually didn't give our engineer credit for playing on the album and co-engineering it. Okay, how about Vernon Reed then? Hang on, I'll let you talk to the engineer. If you can talk to him and stay in open until 6.30, then... It's fine. Christopher fucking Cross. I know, man, I, I want to, but I, if we did it for everybody, we'd have to, you know, if we did it for you, we'd have to do it for everyone. We get calls like this all the time, man. All the time. Well... It had to be John Lennon before I'd say yeah. I'm better than fucking John Lennon. Hold on, I'm gonna give you the engineer if you just hold on a minute. All right. Inquire with any of our helpful staff for more information. Hang on, his other line. He's gonna pick up as soon as he gets uh, off the other line. Hurry! Soda shop, gallery, and gift shop. Can I ask who you're holding for? I have no idea. This is Christopher Cross, and I've been horribly mistreated so far. Okay. Well, can I help you? I need to take the tour before I go back to Hollywood. Okay. We have a tour at 5.30. Is there a problem? I mean, I don't know what the problem is. Okay, well, we have a tour at 5.30. I can't make it down there by 5.30. Well, we close at 6 o'clock. You close for normal people at 6 o'clock. We close at 6 o'clock. We just close. Did you see the movie Arthur, ma'am? I did. Did you cry? I don't know. Did. Most people did. And if it weren't for my fucking music... That movie would have been shit. Don't cuss at me. I'm not cussing at you. Don't. I'm just trying to make a point. Well, the point is that we're open from 10 to 6 every day. We close at 6 o'clock. We are just regular employees here. We My self-titled solo record gained three Grammy Awards. Okay. Sailing. Hold one second, please. To the uh, the nature of prank calls itself, just as a, uh, as a media, um, are you ever concerned that... You guys might come off as mean spirited. I mean, from what I've listened to, you you really aren't in that vein of just like trying to embarrass the people on the other end of the lines or make yeah, that, jackasses I, I, of them. To be, to be perfectly honest, that is a, a real concern, and um, we have attempted to exercise and you know uh, stay true to a strict no cruelty policy, 
But at the same time, sometimes I can I could understand why certain people that are being either called or lampooned um, or impersonated could could take offense to a few of the things here or there. I mean, I, I felt particularly guilty about one of the calls, or actually a couple of the calls that are on the new record uh, that that are uh, Kansas-based, um, yeah. where we call a, a popular barbecue restaurant in Overland Park called Hayward's Pit. Yeah. Maybe this little plug can just even the score with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, the concept of the call is that uh, I, call, uh, I called as Ed Asner's personal assistant, <laughs> uh, claiming that he really uh, was appalled that his photograph was on the same wall as the San Diego chicken, um, which people might remember as the mascot of the uh, San Diego Padres, and uh, and just kind of like a beloved uh, character all around. He, he kind of... Uh, he kind of eclipsed the fame of the entire team and sort of had his own career in the 80s. But um, anyway, we had we had uh, the actual owner of Hayward's, Mr. Hayward Spears, we, we really had him going, believing that uh, Ed had lost his mind and was threatening to come down there and uh, have his photograph removed. Hello, Hayward. Hi, this is uh, Rick Dukeman. Uh, can I please speak to a manager, please? Okay, just a second here. I might actually transfer you to Hayward Street. This is Hayward Street. Can I help you? Hi, uh, Rick Dukeman. I'm calling from Hollywood. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, uh, Mr. Street. I'm Ed Asner's personal assistant, and I guess uh, his kids came over to the restaurant the other night, and they noticed that, that his photo was on the Wall of Fame right near the San Diego Chicken. Mr. Asner is a very opinionated man, and he made me promise that I would call and try to have his photograph taken down from your wall of fame. I know this is embarrassing, but Ed's getting a little bit long in the tooth, but now he's threatening to drive down there. His reasoning was that he's from Kansas City, and he's a very accomplished actor, and the San Diego Chicken is from San Diego, and it's just a character dressed up like an animal. And it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. He wants his photograph removed from the wall. Uh, you're right. It does not make any sense. I mean, he was saying things like, what if I came in dressed up like a manatee and said, hey, I'm a manatee. Look at me. You know, and I said, Ed, listen, the San Diego Chicken is a very well-known mascot for the Padres. It's not the same thing. But he just wouldn't have it. I would have to... Uh... I mean, I just want to warn you, because if he comes in there and sees his photo on the wall, it could get ugly. I don't even re recall how we end up with this photo, to be honest with you. I know he's from this area, and, and he's been to my restaurant. Did the San Diego Chicken actually come in the restaurant? Oh, yeah. How many times has the San Diego Chicken been in? How many times? Yeah. I have no idea. Mr. Asner claims he's been in there at least a half dozen times. And he, no, he even yeah, went as, I, well, he even went as far as saying, how's the chicken supposed to eat the food because he's got that big head on? How would the chicken even know if your restaurant was good? I happen to foggiest idea. Well, that I mean, it makes it, sense. I mean, because you can't put a rib inside of a big foam beak. You can't do what? You can't put a succulent rib inside of a big foam beak. It's not, I mean, that creature can't eat. 
And Mr. Asner was trying to convince me on that level, and I thought, well, in a way, he has a point there. I mean, you must admit, at least Ed actually consumes well, look, the product. I, look, I, I can stop you right there. If he doesn't want his picture out there, I can, I'll go out there right now and then have it removed. Um, I, so, I, you know, I don't have any problem, but to me, I, I don't understand the logic. That it's, it, he has a problem with his... It's not. It's not logical. That's the problem. Is because I mean, is it logical to make me his personal assistant dress up like Ted Knight just so he can come into my office and berate me? You might as well throw the logic out the window. Well, but maybe I, you can just hide the photo, and when Ed comes, put it back. No, I, put it back I'm up after he leaves. I'm. I'm not going to open myself up for any embarrassment or anything like that because. Okay. Pictures that we well, maybe you could just take the chicken's photo off the wall and we'd be fine. The chicken's <laughs> not going to come back in there. So you saying remove the chicken and leave Ned Asner? Yes. I mean, that, because, you know, the, Ed's going to be coming back time and time again before he passes, but I don't think you're going to get another visit. I mean, is the San Diego chicken still around? I have no idea. I know, you know, back some years ago when, when the played the San Diego Chargers, and uh, he was in town. I, I met him once. What kind of a guy is he? I have no idea. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, he's... It, it's been so long ago. It's probably been a good 10 years. I'm just guessing. I, you know, I don't... Because we get so many celebrities in here. And so I, I can't keep track of uh, who comes in and, and when they come in. You ever had, like, Big Bird or Kermit come in? Who? Like, Big Bird or Kermit? I don't know. I'm just wondering because I've never heard of a creature like that coming in. This call uh, that I'm uh, receiving from you is the first of this kind. Well, I've never had to make a call like this myself either. It is. It. I. In fact, I. I am. Uh, I'm dumbfounded. I've. I've never had such a call uh, in the 34 years of being in business. So I'm. It is just. Unbelievable. Well, are we? Let's just take the chicken's photo off the wall and be done with it. Consider it done. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt a little bad about confusing Hayward. Um, I felt so bad actually that I forced Andy to call back as Ed Asner to apologize, <laughs> and that call turned out so hilarious that we just decided to keep both of them and release them. Hello. Hayward, Ed Asner. How the hell are you? Well, how you doing, Mr. Asner? I'm doing good. I got to say one thing to you. Just go ahead and put the chicken back up. Well, you know, I went out there after your your but man my, called me. Right, Rick. Yeah. Well, I just and, and I didn't even I didn't I couldn't find the the chicken picture out there. Boy, I don't know what happened to it. No, it, it's really not It's just not out there. Really. Yes, I... You remember it being up there, right? Oh, yes. I, I remember, yes. Uh, okay. as I was I was telling your man when he called, I I, I believe I met him back in... Uh, oh, it's been some years ago. Yeah, you met the chicken. We'll get to that in a second. I had a 30-minute conversation with Rick, and I, I just sort of realized how irrational my, my request was. It's very silly for me to want the chicken to come down 
what I may do is if I'm in town, I may have Rick call ahead and let you guys know. And if you could, this may be a moot point now because you can't even find the picture of the chicken. No, I, 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 it's not on the premises, apparently. I, the compromise that I was going to make was just going to have Rick call ahead and have you move the picture of the chicken to the women's restroom. But I guess now that's just not even going to need to be a concern. I, I, it was, I was kind of flabbergasted when he called. I'm a little bit embarrassed about, you know, getting so worked up about chicken. It, it really did get my ire up there for a little while. I'm sort of coming to grips with the fact that perhaps I was overreacting about the whole, the whole me being on the same wall as the chicken. I started just thinking, what would Hayward think if there was a picture of him in my house next to, you know, that little fucking honeybee or something on the Cheerios boxes, but I figured that's, I was like, Ed, you were, you were thinking like a crazy man. <laughs> oh, I would, I, it, well, you know, it was, uh, I, I wouldn't feel that way. You do remember the chicken coming into the restaurant, right? Yeah, I, I've, I always felt uh, that uh, the chicken was a, a phony, you know, but. Really? Well, it looks well, like you and I are on the same page then about that. You know, but, but I, you know. But I mean, well, how did it, did he, did he have the chicken head on while he was eating the barbecue? Yeah, did, did. I, you know, it's been so long ago. Yeah. I, I can't recall. Well, it seems like he just makes such a goddamn mess of the place. I mean, trying to eat with that ridiculous outfit on, he'd probably leave the restaurant with an entire meal stuck to the costume. Yeah. I, and it just doesn't seem logical to me at all. I was calling to tell you just to put the chicken back up, but hey, you okay. know what? I can't say I'm real heartbroken that you can't find <laughs> the picture of the chicken up there if you know if you get my drift. You know, Ed, I, I, I think I can say the chicken uh, has put a coop. <laughs> 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 ah, that's a good one, Hayward. All right. Well, look, it was a, it's been a real slice talking to you, and uh, I'm here, Ed. and and uh, I'll uh, you know uh, sorry for any misunderstandings. Well, that's okay. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. I, I, yeah, I, I want to apologize in advance to Hayward if, if you. Uh, reading this or listening. Mm. Yeah, really sorry. I've enjoyed your your uh, burnt ends for decades now. So <laughs> let's just have a little fun, Hayward. <laughs> uh, so have you ever been compelled? I mean, or like after you've called somebody, have you ever uh, spoken with them after the fact, after the prank has been committed? Do you ever have to, like, for the sake of releasing it on the album, like, do you have to get their permission? Like, how does that work exactly? Um, we are, uh, we're supposed to do that, <laughs> and yeah, of course, we called everyone back and, uh, got their written permission, <laughs> and, um, yeah, even Hayward, I was only joking about that, because obviously Hayward and I are great friends, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we do that for every call, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. To answer your question seriously, not really. Not really. So yeah. We're kind of um, and um, we're, uh, we're fish in a barrel when it comes to litigation. Yeah, exactly. I was about to mention. Speaking of humorless people, uh, are you at all allowed to talk about Peter Giftopoulos and the uh, class action lawsuit that he's attempting to levy against Matador? You know, to be honest with you, I I've kind of let Andy handle the legal side of the whole thing, and I've heard rumors about this guy. And uh, Andy knows that I'm sort of a loose cannon when it comes to uh, 
dynamic between De Niro and Joe Pesci and Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the way that Andy and I are. Like I'm, I'm liable to honestly like physically go off at, on Andy at any moment. So he, he tends to keep things pretty quiet about any uh, problems brewing on the legal side of things. So as far as the Peter Giftopoulos character. I, I can't really comment because I don't know that much about it. Right, uh, but so for, apparently he's out there trying to stir up some controversy. Yeah, and it's due to his lawsuit that the album's release was delayed. Isn't that correct? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Duh, joy kill. I know you. I know. I know that you can't actually comment on it, but that's that's shitty. That's just shitty. But it's just an argument for tort reform. Back to. Greener pastures and happier times. Uh, what characters do you actually play? Like, what recurring characters are you responsible for? Uh, Bleachy, Ditchweed, Christopher Cross? Yes, those are three of them. Um, Lord, uh, I don't know here. Let me look at the CV myself and see if I can remember. But, yeah, I'm, I'm the voice of Bleachy. God, I'm the guy that... Calls about the yogurt machine, nah. <laughs> uh, Blaine Washington. This is Terry speaking. Do you sell a yogurt machine? Yes, I do, sir. I have two yogurt machines. Well, tell me about them. Um, I have two practically brand new machines. They're two seven eight. Now you say practically brand new. I say that because we have them, but we very we really didn't use them. Now uh, you say you really didn't use them. Okay. Let me go ahead and just finish the story about what... what now, what I won't, give me the straight deal here. Yeah, that's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. We, we opened up a TCBY January 31st of 1999. TCBY? We, right. Okay. We installed two 794 Taylor yoga machines. Uh-huh. The TCBY concept inside of Southland Mall, I don't know if you're familiar with the Southland Mall, but we don't... Now, that mall's seen better days. Right. You're right. You're I don't even let my kids go over there. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. I'm... Uh, are you outside of Memphis? Yeah, I'm right here in Memphis, but I'm going to buy this for my kids. Okay. And let me tell you a little bit about what I plan on doing with this thing. Okay. You know the new product by YoPlay, the yogurt company? Have you heard of this new thing aimed at adolescents called Gogurt with the catchphrase Glurp or Gogurt? I hadn't heard of that yet. You haven't heard about this? Well, it's big. It's really big right now. Okay. So what I'm going to try to do is... I'm going to get this machine for the kids so they can have all the goddamn yogurt they want. Right. And then I'm going to make my own gogurt type deals, but do them myself. My name is Blaine Washington. Or I'm going to call it Blogurt and <laughs> just push it around town. See if right. it can. Because they got a copyright on gogurt, but they don't got Blogurt. I well, figured. I tell you what, people have made a lot of money on piggybacking off what's on Exactly. Right. I, I, I That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to piggyback know. on this go-gurt craze. Right. Yes. Well, I want to come out and take a look at it, too. Is it still working? They're still working. They're still plugged up. We have what we call a glycol system. Are you familiar uh-huh. with that? Yes. Well, feel free to come by. Well, get your glycose going, and I'm going to come out there, and I want a vanilla chocolate swirl, and well, we'll I negotiate. Any, I don't have any yogurt. I don't have any yogurt in the shop, but I... I can get them running for you, but I don't have any yogurt. Unless you, you can bring me some yogurt if you have any. And we can well, I'm going to get some yogurt. You're going to hear about me all over town. Okay. You don't know about this gogurt stuff? It's going crazy. I'm, since you said it's I'm like pizza on. pockets or something. It's I'm like it's the, that I'm, big. I'm going to get on the internet tonight and look it up. I mean, get on the internet because I'll tell you something. I mean, 
You might want to keep your machine. No offense, I realize you work for TCBY, but they're not the only yogurt people in the business. Right. I'm not sure if you really know the yogurt game. Well, actually, I got out of the yogurt game. That's why I'm trying to sell the machines. I only deal with ice cream now. Ice cream is a whole nother son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Right. Night and day. Look, the kind of people that are going to buy yogurt, right? You got your health freaks, your alternative types, right. your adventure hippies. But people that are coming for ice cream, as you know, are mostly like heavy set people, very right. depressed individuals. Right, right. You know, so it's a completely different market. Right. These damn kids are sucking these tubes of gogurt down like it's a Capri Sun or some shit. I'm, I'm not. I'm not messing around. Right. Look. When can I, when can I see you? When can you bring some of your? You're out at Southland, huh? I'm at Southland Mall. We open. Well, I'll, I'll come in and take a look at it. I'm gonna bring a few of my tubes too. Bring, bring. Logurt. When are you gonna come out? Sometime this week. I'm a very, very busy man. I'm Sounds a good. big businessman around town. I understand. What, what else are you into, sir? Well, I'm into all kinds of things. I'm into collecting stuff. I make up most of my money selling videotapes video archive 80s television shows on uh, beta format. Okay, you make so, a lot of money doing that? Yeah, hell yes. That's good. I just sold a collection of every single episode of Simon and Simon for $4,500. Oh, that's lucrative. I'll tell you something, there's a hell of a lot of money out there in that world, and it's people like us that need to go out and grab it. You're right. Like You're Dave right. Thomas from Wendy's. He's a You're big right. inspiration to me. Right. The Frosty, for instance. The Frosty, you're familiar with the, I, the chocolate the frozen treat? Right. That's yeah. his brainchild. Okay. I you didn't know? know that. Yeah, it's true. Ray Kroc had that shamrock shake, but that's only a seasonal item. Right. You get a Frosty any day of the year. Right. Okay. Yeah, that man has a head on his shoulders. Right. I know well, all about business. Have you, have you by any chance read this book called Rich Dads, Poor Dads? Uh, no, I haven't. It's a good book. It's uh, it's an inspirational book. If I try to tell you, I wouldn't sum it up right. If you get a chance and you're out looking for books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, we'll trade, because I'll bring you a book I think you ought to read. Uh, you're familiar with the actor Jamie Farr, right, from MASH? Right, right. Yeah, well, he has an autobiography called Just Far a Laugh. Okay. And it's intense. It's very inspirational. Well, what's the name of it again? Just Far a Laugh. Just Far a Laugh? Yeah. There's about six chapters all about his character, Klinger. You know, the cross-dressing Middle Eastern character? Right. Yeah, and that really fucked him up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, look, I hope to hear from you. Just give me a call before you arrive, and I get the machines prepped up before you get here. We'll talk turkey. Okay. Uh, okay, now. Goodbye. Oh, man. I don't know. There's like 60 calls on this record, everybody. So there's, it's packed. It's like I said, it's an impenetrable, intensely uh, dense uh, stockade of calls. So I do, I do about half of them. Yeah. But I am Bleachy. He's probably the. Uh, he's he's probably. He's almost uh, like your mascot. Calls. He's almost like your San Diego chicken. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Except he's shorter. <laughs> and he doesn't have a big. Uh, he doesn't have feathers. Uh, that we know of. He is a fictional character. He doesn't. For for those who might be confused, he is a fictional well, character. Well, he is and isn't because uh, the funny thing is about Bleachy, again, in all seriousness, is that he uh, was inspired by a um, a real person named Bleachy in Memphis. Like we were calling, 
We were trying to call um, uh, like middle-aged black women um, as this. I, I was trying to call them, as, and this is a, a, a terrible concept. And it quickly became apparent that this was just too creepy and uh, and and uh, kind of uh, just wrong uh, to to call uh, women like asking if they would like join me uh, for a you know an afternoon drive or, you know, catch a matinee or something. I was trying to get a date. I was playing this I was playing this uh kind of like lame Barry White uh type loser that was trying to uh solicit uh women's uh company, mm-hmm. you know, via the telephone. And I uh was looking in the Memphis phone book uh for names of women that I thought might fit that demographic and then I ran across the name Bleachy Washington, and I was like, God, I wonder who, that's such a strange name. And it was a very old lady, a very old uh, African-American woman in Memphis. And um, <laughs> then uh, then I just, my imagination kind of went wild, and I thought, oh, I, I'm envisioning this Bleachy character as someone different, like kind of a, a, a burger-devouring cute little uh, roly-poly bowling ball um, of a, of a man-child. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, something, some higher power took, uh, took control. Right. We're left with these calls. So. Inspiration can strike at any moment. Today's Army Tom Mills. This is Bleachy. I'm going to come down there and join the Army today. This is who? Bleachy. What you say your name is? Bleachy. I want to come on down and join up with y'all. You do? Yes, sir. I'm uh, 33 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you got a high school diploma? Yes, sir. What about health problems? I'm I'm in good shape. About how tall are you? I'm 4 foot 10. About how much you weigh? I weigh about 250. That's too much, man. Why, well, you, you can't tell me I, I weigh too much. You 4 foot 10 and you weigh 250 pounds. I'm solid, solid as a rock. <laughs> this is Bleachy. Huh? This is Bleachy. This is who? Bleachy. You know somebody named Bleachy? I only got so big because I was mostly eating zingers. Mostly what, man? Eating zingers. What's a zinger? It's a hostess treat. You know Twinkie the Kid? Yeah, I know that. Fruit Pie the Magician? I'm joining the army today. Who do you want to speak to? I want to come down and join the army. That's a damn... You won't have me? Just because I'm fat? Yeah. Why are you telling me I'm too fat? Boy. Just because I'm a big boy doesn't mean you can kick me when I'm down like a dog. What's your name? Bleachy. Huh? I said my name's Bleachy. B-L-E-A-C-H-Y. Bleachy? Yes, sir. Why are you telling me I'm so fat? I'm 4'10", 250 pounds. The big boy. We'll call you back, Bleachy. Okay. Bye. How hard is it to stay in character when you're making these calls? Like, how often have you had to abandon a call because you've either like you either start cracking up or like it goes horribly wrong and like you don't get the end result that you're looking for? Never. 
for me. I don't find it. I don't find it uh, difficult at all. Honestly, uh, I don't know if that's a uh, curse or a gift, but I, I never really had that trouble. Sometimes we have abandoned calls just because they've gone on for. Some, I mean, honestly, another thing about our calls is that a lot of people remark at how they're amazed at how long the the call e the recipient of the call stays on the line. But sometimes that kind of like uh, you know works against you because. They can be so like mind-numbingly boring that there's no way of losing them. But then you're kind of trapped in your own pranks. You know, the tables are proverbially turned. And, so, um, so in that in that case, like, do you stay in character and look for like an excuse while you're in character to get off the phone? Uh, no. I'll or do you just, just hang I'll up? End it abruptly. Generally, when I when my uh, when my uh, patience runs out, but like we were. But just far alas is named such because one of the calls uh, references a uh, Jamie Farr project, which is actually called Just Far Fun, mm-hmm. which is his autobiography, which I misremembered when uh, uh, citing it in a phone call. Um, I know that's very confusing. But in order to keep the name for both volumes, we were like, okay, we have to have a Jamie Farr-related telephone call on disc two probably lost everyone already in that description. But in any case... <laughs> I'll clarify we, it in the write-up, don't worry. <laughs> we, um, we decided, okay, well, what can we do that's funny uh, relating to Jamie Farr? And, of course, his character Klinger is based out of Toledo, which is his actual hometown. And often in the television program MASH, he would make reference to uh, Toledo's most famous eatery, Tony Paco's Hot Dogs. Mm-hmm. So Andy and I decided to call um, to call Tony Paco's, and actually several several of their uh, knockoffs and competitors. There's, uh, I guess Toledo is uh, where is like uh, Lawrence is known for their mountains of mashed potatoes. Toledo is well known for their hot dog eateries. They're, and um, so we called many of these, and had, like you know, 45-minute telephone conversations in character where I was portraying a uh, uh, biographer of Jamie Farr who was writing a 10-volume series of books (laughs) about his life. And um, it got pretty psychedelic, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. And and very long, you know. Yes. No, I mean, uh, we, we were... I was pretending to have uh, penned a 10-volume written series of biographies about Jamie Farr to the hot dog eateries that, uh, you know, uh, uh, like, uh, exist in his hometown. Yeah. And uh, Do you think they uh, actually believe that, or are they just humoring they you? Absolutely. They absolutely, absolutely believe this. <laughs> and, I mean, we were spinning some incredible tales about, like, how Jamie uh, had... Uh, hospitalized uh, William Christopher, who, who was uh, portrayed Father Mokehi. We, we basically had every, and we had prepared this in advance. Like we had, we had like a, a a very absurd and unbelievable story about every single cast member of Mass <laughs> prepared. Um, they're not in right now. Could you call back around twelve tomorrow? Uh, well, how about you then, please? 
I'm writing the authorized biography of Mr. Jamie Farr's life, nine-volume series that I've been working on for close to a decade now, believe it or not. Oh, ten years? Yes. That's a long time. Time. He's had imitators <laughs> run with things that he invented and has seen them get much, much more famous. For, mm -hmm. for example, what um, R. Kelly did with Trapped in the Closet is mm -hmm. pretty much a mirror image of the uh, Sheik character from Cannonball Run. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to the preparation, do you, do you actually have, like, notes that you're working from, or do you have, like, a script, or is it mostly just, like, a, a, a framework or a scenario that you have in mind um, when you go yeah, into it? Yeah, yeah, so, but you know what? Honestly, those calls tend to never work very well. Mm. Um, most of the calls that uh, are included uh, in this series are uh, pretty much improvised. But, yeah, sometimes we'll we'll try to get tricky and, like, you know, sort of script something, but those rarely work. Mm. So. Mm. But, you know, uh, to be honest with you, we haven't made any calls in a really long time, and um, it's kind of mind-blowing that um, it, it was ever uh, brought to this legitimate level, you know. <laughs> and so uh, if uh, Just Far A Laugh is successful enough, do you think uh, you and Andrew Earls will get back together for some more prank calls? Well, we might we might get together and try to do some uh, some tandem calls, um, but I could see us maybe uh, doing something uh, a little bit uh, more conceptual, comedy-wise, uh, that doesn't necessarily relate to prank telephone calls. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I just think that Andy and I have uh, a lot of good ideas and are really imaginative, and uh, you know. We can, uh, what's that type? Uh, recording of you guys. Oh, uh, 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 my, my friend, my friend Ted, uh, Shoemaker is over here, um, finding some, uh, some rare outtakes of a band that I, that I am in called the Jewish. Yes. And, yes. um, we're, uh, we're being delighted by some old recordings. <laughs> uh, while I'm on the phone here. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's Sorry, fine. Man. It's absolutely fine. And, uh, actually, we probably should wrap it up, and I don't want to keep you from uh, clips of the Jewish, your band. So finally, in closing, Andrew Earls is a proud Memphis resident. And is it true that the NCAA championship almost destroyed your relationship? Yes, it is, because um, this is kind of, it's kind of an odd story, actually. Um, that, uh, and it's not what you would think, because uh, obviously the, the Jayhawks, beat Memphis, which uh, elated uh, all, all Jayhawk Nation, but it, it's a, sort of a, a, a stranger story than you might imagine. Um, uh, I had Sasha Khan's telephone number, and um, I called Sasha many times as Bleachy, and they, and they developed a very like unusual relationship, the two of them, that uh, I can't even, you know, it's like I got so deeply involved in, in the Bleachy character when I, when I would call Sasha and when I would receive calls from him that, um, you know, it, it, got, it got pretty insane. And um, this is a, kind of a little-known fact that um, Bleachy was actually helping Sasha with a lot of his post moves, you know, and giving him a lot of advice. Because <laughs> he's got the low center uh, of about gravity. blocking out, um, rebounding, you know, uh, dealing with... You know, the rare occasion when he's double teamed and so on. Mm -hmm. Did Andy kind of like 
accused me of, uh, I don't know, pardon my French, of, of being kind of a star fucker. Mm. So it was, uh, it was really that that, that created such a, a problem between us in terms of basketball. Not really the Memphis, Kansas climax at the end of at the end of the tournament. You know, he was he was really just jealous of the relationship that I had with Sasha Khan, or I should say the bleach he had. <laughs> the whole thing is complex and uh, maybe a little disturbing, but, um, and, you know, and, and in that way I can sort of understand Andy's uh, issues. But uh, luckily we worked it out and uh, we, we, we were not broken up. That's good. So. That's good. Uh, be, be, be tragic that uh, something so trivial would I know, yeah, like, come between you guys and your your beautiful, prolific relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, for the Kansas uh, basketball fans out there, you know, I when I was in Kansas, I I would always because I had a father um, that had been a uh, I had a father because my dad worked uh, <laughs> my dad worked so closely with the athletic department up there. I could always get the telephone number of. Um, of all the Kansas basketball players, so there's some incredible unreleased calls. Um, yeah, I, call, I have calls going back as far as the Ted Owens era, and um, calls with uh, P.J. Pugh. I don't know if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Kellogg, um, Mark Turgeon, who's currently um, the uh, coach at Texas A&M, former Jayhawk. Just an incredible. Uh, Backlog of uh, prank telephone calls to former Kansas Jayhawk basketball players that uh, would amaze a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fans of the of the CDs and of the team. Will these ever be released? Will these ever come out of the vault? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, a lot of people um, at the time speculated that Larry Brown had left the university because I was tormenting him. <laughs> You know, so as a result, um, we, uh, when I say we, I mean my family and our legal team decided to maybe keep these under wraps. Sure, sure. So we're kind of waiting, uh, can I be frank, for Larry Brown to die. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jeff Jensen, for bringing it home there. And uh, thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. And we wish you the best of luck with the release of Just Far A Laugh, Volumes 1 and 2. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Confetti. Hey, you the man that's going to sell me a PT Cruiser tonight? Yes, sir, if I can. <laughs> I like your attitude. I like your attitude. Hey, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Norman Johnson. How you, uh, Mr. Johnson? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? All righty. What's up, dog? Not much. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're all saying now. I'm uh, <clears throat> recently divorced. A lot of my buddies around the office are calling me midlife. Okay. <laughs> I want to I want to roll in Monday morning in a PT Cruiser. Okay. You know, I want to see the look on their face when they see that shit. Yes, sir. I'm like, hey, bitch, you want to see midlife? Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yeah, but uh, PT Cruiser, I mean, that's it's a, it's a statement. Right. You know, I mean, it's pretty much straight up saying balls. Right. Okay. So I mean, I'm I'm going through changes. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to be totally straight with you. Okay. Ten years ago, if you told me, Norm, when you turn 40 years old, you're going to have a facial tattoo and a genital piercing, I would have laughed you right out of the boardroom. <laughs> but here I am. Yes, sir. Sega. <laughs> I want the most extreme dealer on the lot. 
That's us. What's your name? Time to see us. What's your name, dog? My name is Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones. What's your nickname? I don't have one. Every man's got to have a nickname. Way back in the day, I had one. Which was? Pookie. Pookie? Yep. Oh, like uh, from the Garfield trip? Right. Yeah. <laughs> All my friends called me John, Garfield's owner. Okay. Yeah. And they called my little brother Odie. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And my sister was Arlene. Oh, okay. So we got a lot in common. Yes, sir. Yeah, but now my top bros call me Ditchweed. Don't ask. Okay, go ahead and ask. <laughs> I was. What What does it mean? Well, occasionally, uh, you know, when the party gets high, we'll, we'll burn a couple. Right. Got milk. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Seriously, t sell me a PT Cruiser. You gotta come on in and pick one out. We got several of them. Is there a split tail guarantee with this? What you mean by that? I mean, is this uh, is this a, a certifiable pussy magnet, basically? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, a good-looking car. You know, it's, one thing about it, you know, it, it tracks all age groups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but uh, for a man trying to reclaim his youth, I think it's a perfect car. It's a fun car. There's so many things you can do to it. I mean, for a broken individual like me, I mean, who's just desperately grasping at straws, I think it's exactly what I'm... What I need. Right. You know. You think one of those cops going to catch a PT Cruiser? Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> well, then that, that might not be the car for me then. I mean, I want a fast car. You might need a Viper then. What's that? A Viper. A Viper? Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds extreme. They call me Extreme Dad. That's what my kids call me. I get them one weekend a month, you know. And although my daughter, she won't come visit no more because I stole all her Oxycontin. <laughs> oh, man. You know, hey now. <laughs> when you gonna be able to come down here? Uh, how about how about is uh, about 15 minutes from now? Sound? I'll be here. You'll you'll recognize me. I'll be coming in there, Fubu, head to toe. Okay. I got uh, frosted tips too. Okay. And some wraparound Oakley blades. Okay. All right. I mean, pretty much. Let's take this bitch off the chain. Okay. All right. All right. I'll see you, Pookie. All right. Peace.